And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of High and Wide Full Circle. This is the podcast where we cover the Metropolitan Division and especially your Philadelphia Flyers. Steve, we just had the NHL draft, a virtual NHL draft. Uh, there were rumors swirling all week about the one and only Patrick Line and the trade or the trade, the free agency. I was going to say deadline has just started uh, Friday at noon, and Chuck Fletcher has not done a whole lot. The fans are in hysterics, and I kind of want to get into that. I think we all do. There are still moves to be made. Matt Niskanen retired, which really hasn't been talked about too much uh, as of late. A lot's gone down. Uh, plenty to talk about, plenty of things to speculate about. But before we get into any of that juicy stuff, let's start with what happened first. Line A was not traded for, which meant the Flyers used all their draft picks this year. Steve, how'd the Flyers do with the draft, and what did you feel of the draft as a whole? Um, I really liked what they did. Uh, I thought they addressed some needs, um, specifically with a shoot-first winger. Um, it, that's one of the things that if I'm drafting a winger, I want a guy that's looking to shoot the puck no matter what. Um, I, I feel like uh, guys can outthink themselves. You want a playmaker. But on the wing, I really want someone that's going to try and put the puck in the back of the net. Um, and with Forrester, I think that's what they got. Um, skating, you can work with coaches on that. Um, I know that's the big knock on them. But at the end of the day, at pick 23, if I can find a score, a, a more natural score, that's what I want to go with. Um, and then you take another guy, Andre. Um, look, in the draft, in free agency, I want players that are offensive-minded, um, that aren't going to kill you on the back end. Um, but with the D-man picking in the second round, I, I don't need a stay-at-home defenseman. Um, I can get those guys. Look at Hag. Look at Braun. You can get those guys later. Give me a guy that's trying to, to, to move the puck, can put a, put a pass on um, the other guy's tape and, and start the breakout the other way. So Specifically, those two guys I'm very happy with um, picking in the spots they got. So it's uh, it's a good start. It was weird with a virtual draft and not seeing anybody there. But these days, that kind of seems like the norm. Uh, it was that. And it was also like, <laughs> especially rounds two to seven were like the longest day. No. Of draft. Yeah. Like, I went to work early, like at five in the morning, knowing it started at like 1130, I think. And. I got home and saw like what time, like what round they were in. I think it was it was only like the fourth. I was like, I thought this thing would be over by the time I got home, and it's like still in the area where if I see a guy I like, I want the Flyers to move up and take him. Like, mm-hmm. and they actually they did do a little bit of moving in those later rounds. But before we get into that, I want to focus on the first round in general. Metro teams made a lot of picks. Flyers drafted a twenty three. I'm glad we drafted a scoring winger, but your thoughts on all the guys that seem to have fell. It was awfully odd. I mean, I was hoping a guy like Noah, Noah, Noel Gundler would be there, but and he was, as well as Maverick Bork, as well as four other guys, you know, and they don't trade back, which is okay. They decide that Forrester's their guy. Uh, after he was drafted, I really like what I heard, a big-bodied scoring winger. I mean – with a bomb of a shot. What my favorite player of all time is John LeClaire. Just like check three of his block boxes. Like that's, uh, I mean, did I want Gunler? Of course I did find it a little odd. The guy fell into the second round. It was snoop, snoop, uh, 
was picked up by uh, Carolina. They had a nice draft. They drafted like four guys I liked. Uh, that being said, I don't think that – like Corey Promen graded the Flyers draft as a C. And one of the things he said was um, they didn't have a lot of picks to work with. And I'm like, is you really like docking us scoring and grading because we didn't have picks to work with? When you consider the Flyers moved up I th- at, twice, was it? I think they moved up twice, but the I second one was, was like in the seventh or something. Yeah, so – so who if you like package picks and move up to get better players, how are you going to hold that against the team? The only pick we didn't have this year was our third round pick that went in the Braun deal. And when you think about it, did they quote unquote reach on Forrester? I don't know, maybe, but he was far enough away and in the ballpark where it didn't bother me too much. And half the guys that were mocked to go there fell into the second round. And on top of that, this, uh, this guy they took second in uh, Andre so Alexander Appleyard has him rated as his like third best defenseman in the entire draft. He's in the mold of Ghost. Now I know that doesn't make you freak out for joy. <laughs> I think more of when Ghost was really good, like that style. That's where you're going for. Yeah, um, that's that's what you want in a draft pick. I mean, do you want to draft a stay-at-home, slow-footed defenseman that isn't going to really bring much on the offensive side and is going to have trouble getting out of his zone? No, you want a guy that can move the puck. You can always fall back into that role, but if, if I'm drafting a guy, I want some upside there, and I think that's what they got. I, I mean, the other thing that was really weird with this year is the with, with the pandemic and everything, you lost a lot of scouting time and you lost a lot of video on these guys, so you haven't got to see the same amount of tape that you normally would. So you're drafting based off of a lot of older stuff, and you've you kind of missed a whole year of development with these guys. So I, I think if you got your guy, there's something to be said for it, especially in this year. And, you know, and that being said, they don't, they, it was so nice to see them draft four wingers and a defenseman. And I think it's a four. Yeah. And no centers that they plan on moving to wing. Like <laughs> I cannot stand when they do that. You know, they have actual wingers. Forrester is the main one, but, they also drafted, and this guy wins by far, best name of the draft. They traded up for Zade Wisdom. Uh, <laughs> in th- I believe that was the third. Was that the third round, 94? Um, yeah. Should... Either the tail end of the third or the beginning of the fourth. Right in that range. And... It was the first pick of the four- fourth round. Okay. And Wayne Simmons gave his stamp of approval on this guy. His trajectory has been staggering. They may have gotten a sneaky little move with this guy which i really like i can't speak too much for the other wingers because now you're getting further back i've heard good things but when they're being drafted that late nothing not a, nobody strikes me as limblom like he did that year like that good of a pick excuse me you're just you're taking lottery tickets at that point but when you i look at the third the three guys they got earlier and the two are wingers and one's a puck movie defenseman which is the way the league is going um yeah i can't not be unhappy with this and when i look at value i still think they did pretty well am i going to dock them points because they only drafted five players considering their prospect pool uh no i'd rather have the better prospects five better prospects than eight like okay prospects just for the sake of me having more guys if i had no pool to speak of maybe that's a different story but even then i think i'd rather have the better guys so they give them a c and to quote one of the biggest reasons for that being that they didn't have many picks, it's just silly, you know. I, and I can't even hate them for not taking a Maverick Bork or a Noel Gundler because those guys fell. Everybody fell, 
And we'll get into some – at least they didn't go off the board like some of these other teams, <laughs> which we're about to get into. So personally, I give the Flyers a solid B. I think they did good. I think we're going to like Forrester for sure. It's going to take some time, but I think we're going to like Andre too. I think I think those – and Wisdom even. I think these guys are going to be knocking on the door in quite a while, but <laughs> that's how it is with the draft. And we also don't have to rush any of these guys up. Uh, although I would like to see a guy like Forrester, you know, like two years be like in consideration or something. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, this is what the prospect pulls for. Um, and we'll just see what happens. But like when I look at the value and what they bring to the table and I've seen some of the tape, I have to see a lot more of the later guys far. I was all Forrester out because he was our first round pick and Jimmy actually mentioned him as a name and he wasn't even listed. He like on one of our mocks, he was the last pick of the first round, but that was like the most I seen. And that was our mocks. That wasn't like Craig button or any of those guys, you know? (laughs) Um, so I don't know where, I guess Jimmy liked what he read about him. So kudos to him. Flyers took him, and it seems like the sky's the limit. I definitely can't hate it. So, Let's move on. Uh, I'll ask you, who do you think had, of the Metro, the best draft? Um, I really like what Carolina did, um, especially considering that the pick they had was just to take on uh, Patrick Marlowe's salary. Um, Seth Jarvis, I'm a big fan of, uh, and I think for them, drafting another center is is solid. They're They're pretty good on the wings right now, you got Ajo in the first, with the one C spot, but I think that's a good, uh, good position to target. And then as you were mentioning Gunler um, in the second round, I was really shocked he fell there, but I think adding those two guys um, in a year where you didn't have your own first round pick, um, I, I think that's a win for, for a team like that. I really thought that they were going to target Askarov, but um, not much you can do when he goes ahead of you. I don't know if they made any calls trying to move up or anything, or, I mean, maybe they didn't like him. who knows. Um, and then the later guy we t- touched on in our last show with Russ, uh, Zion Nybeck, um, surprised to see him fall that far considering, uh, what Russ said about him, but, um, he'll, he'll be a name to watch, uh, out for a couple for, for in a couple of years. So, um, they probably were my winners considering the draft capital they had. Obviously, the Devils um, added two really good players in Holtz and Mercer. Um, Shaq, that one remains to be determined, but um, I would say those were my two winners. Um, I'm going to take the Rangers out of that running because they won the draft lottery, and obviously you're getting uh, the, the top guy, so they kind of come off the table for, for that for me. That, that one's a no-brainer, but I think the the Metro had a couple of good teams and then a couple of flops. Yeah, I have to agree with you, Carolina. I mean, I really like the guy like Seth Jarvis. You obviously know how I feel about Noel Gundler. And, yeah, you said it. Russ brought up about Nyback being a guy should have – he had going in the second. They get him in, I think, the fourth, that is, maybe towards the end of the fourth. Yeah, I think it's the back end of the fourth round. And on top of that, the only thing that could have made it go even better for them is if Askarov fell into their lap. And yep. you, knew, you knew he wasn't going that far. And um, they didn't – maybe they tried, but they didn't feel the need to trade up for him. Uh, they still did pretty well with what they had. Um, yeah, you mentioned the Devils. They had a ton of picks. Really liked Holtz. I actually had in our mock 
the Minnesota Wild, and I had them personally taking another player, but with the way the mock fell, Holtz was there, and I said it was like a no-brainer for me. I was like, I have to take this guy. He shouldn't yep. be here. He's too good. And I had read that the Devils had this as their guy, and when guys like Perfetti and Rossi fell, they still took Holtz. Yeah. And I, yeah. I get it. And it, it was good. It was a good move. And then Mercer kind of fell to them as well uh, with their their 18th pick. And it was looking really good for the Devils. <laughs> and then the Rangers pulled a shasty move and handed to them. They jumped up and they took Braden Schneider, who this wasn't the strongest defensive draft. And I actually thought where he was drafted was a little bit of a reach. Um, but I don't know if the Devils weren't prepared. But sometimes teams, when they have multiple first-round picks, that later pick is like a home run pick, and then you get end up with this guy Shakira Makahamalalali Ding Dong, you know, and and it's just, it's just ridiculous. I was like, wow, this guy, we didn't have him going until almost the third round, and they take him here with all those other names on there. Like, come on, I mean, they could have had no Gunner or Maverick, Bork or Peralt or anybody like there was plenty of more names they could have taken and they just go out of the park with this one and you've seen the boston bruins did this and we may have discussed this we did they, we absolutely 20, did yeah and the 2015 draft man when they're 13 14th and 15 i believe the only nhl player as of now they got out of that was debrusque yep. and that means they missed on guys like barzell and Konechny and colin white and I, the guy from Winnipeg, I can never remember his freaking name for some reason. <laughs> yeah, like they that's what happens when you do this. Instead of just taking a good player, they're like, all right, well, we got our two guys that we really like and are strong. Let's let's go for this guy that just we really like and take him here. And just to piggyback off of that, because I, I can't really talk for the rest of their draft. Um, I don't I just don't know. the. I didn't really study the goalie so that the next guy they took was a goalie and then some more centers and another defenseman. And it's just later in the draft. Speaking of guys we don't know and never heard of, um, who do you think had the worst draft? Um, I think hands down that one will go to Columbus. Now, maybe in a few years, we're all looking like we have no idea what we're talking about. And they're the smartest people in the room. Um, but when you take a guy at 21 with all of the other names on the board that literally nobody knew who he was, everybody was scrambling to get anything on him, um, and you had him at a, as a top 10 player in this draft, um, I have to question your scouting staff. Um, maybe they need a new uh, um, insurance for their uh, eyesight down in Columbus. But uh, – I don't know. That one was a head scratcher. Yegor Chinakitov, Kitov, however you say his name, nobody even knows him. But uh, like you're going so far off the board in the first round. Like this guy was projected to be fringe draftable, and you're taking him in the first round. You could have waited if you were scared someone was going to take him. Take him in the second round. Take him in the third round. But um, I think that's going to come back to bite them. Um, like. These scouting services get paid a lot of money. These front offices get paid a lot of money to scout these guys, and he was labeled as undrafted for a reason. Um, so I'm going to say that one hands down wins, and I don't even know that any other ones have have to be discussed. Yeah, and it just even if you like the guy that much, how do you not like you don't have a perfect prospect pool? So how do you not play the game of the draft where? You just you just don't go and make him your first pick. He, there's no way. 
you can get good players and still get this guy unless there was somebody else out there waiting to throw a first round pick on, which I really don't think is possible. Like, come on. I mean, is is anything possible? Sure. Taylor Hall got traded for Adam Larson. Anything's possible. <laughs> but, but like, why do you why do you have to take him there? You could have added so many good players. You have a a city that's not exact that not exactly a destination city. You watch so many players leave your team, and you you still were good. So you you need talent. You you have to build that talent through the draft. Why would you not take guys like Gunner or Bork or whoever went in that range and still get this guy later? And you know he's gonna be there. You know, I'm talking like I know for sure, but I'm pretty confident that he would have been there later, considering the draft experts, all of them like combined, barely knew who this guy was. It's like the joke of the draft. I just for a GM I thought was pretty good in Columbus and did the best with what he had. This is such a left field move for me. I just unless he like you said, unless he really knows something that we don't, that was just beyond odd. Like even even trade back to trade back out of 21, acquire something. Uh, you're you're missing, I believe, a second round pick. Like trade back, do something, and you can still get your guy a little bit later. It's not like you're t- taking a back end of the first round guy or a, a mid second round that you think might sneak up draft boards. Like you're, you're talking about a guy that's so far down that the, the, he might be a dart throw for a team in the fifth round or something. So trade down, acquire some other assets. Um, like if you were trying to really make a push for Taylor Hall, don't you think trading down and maybe acquiring something else in a trade like that might have been attractive to him? Like, I, I can't understand the thinking here one bit. Yeah, and it's just like if, if there was a legitimate other team or teams, you, there, you're really that worried about losing the guy that you're going to draft him this high? Like, say it was just you and me, and I'm like, yeah, I really like that guy too. We might be the only two people in the league. And you take him in the first round, I'm like, Jesus. Like, I liked him. But <laughs> yeah, God, not that man. much. Like, it just – it was very strange. And, yeah, time will tell, but – very rarely does time <laughs> tell like this. So I'll move on to Pittsburgh. They didn't have their first pick until 52. And their first two picks, they went back-to-back goalies. And Joel Bloomquist and Cal Klang, I never heard of either. I mean, I don't really know much about the goaltending prospects, but it was a little odd to see them go back-to-back goaltending. And then I think they finished up with a couple of centers and a winger. I don't have much to say. They're, the goalies are voodoo. And the only goalie anybody really knew going into this draft of value was Askarov. So yep. it, it, it was just – for a team that's in the win-now mode, these are two win-in-10-year moves. Um, I guess time will sell. I, I'm curious as to what Prongman graded their draft. Probably gave him an A+. Plus. Most likely, uh, yeah. But I'll just move on because there's not much to talk about there. I could speculate and – read off how somebody thinks these guys are, but at the end of the day, they're goalies, you know? Yeah. So. You never, you never know what you're getting. That's why goalies don't get drafted in the first round unless they're that good um, because you never know how they're going to develop. And it, it's such a different game in the um, leagues overseas. So you, you never know what you're going to get, but yeah, like I still found it odd in the first round for every carry price. There's a, what the hell is the guy's name drafted by the Islanders first? Rick DiPietro. DiPietro. Oh, yeah, for every Martin Brodeur, there's a Trevor Kid. Yep. Like it's it's hit or miss. So um, now Washington's interesting. I uh, can't speak too much for the rest of their draft because they drafted at 22 and then did not draft again until 117, mm-hmm. and they had they took like a 
um, a couple of wingers, a center and a goalie. But the pick we will talk about is Hendricks Lapierre, a guy that was, I don't want to say free falling, but I had seen him mocked as high at 16 at one point. And he was getting, he was on the, the best available, which felt like forever. Mm-hmm. The main thing with this kid was, I don't want to say head injuries because it was more spinal, like yeah, head and back and neck and kind of like that. Um, being a team that rosters Nolan Patrick, I wasn't exactly gung-ho about going and getting this kid. <laughs> He's also a center where I felt we needed winger. However, from what I've read, got all the talent in the world. How do you think the uh, Capitals did with this pick? So I have a little bit maybe of a different philosophy. If, if I'm a team that's picking a, a bunch in the early rounds, I want to secure a couple of good high-end talent. And then I, I like to take a shot here and there. Um, I, I love what the Capitals did since you're, you, you really have 22. And then let's be honest, you're, you're taking shots later in the draft. I'd rather go for the guy that I think has the most upside. And if he never really plays for me or if he never pans out, um, I'd rather take the shot on that than sit in that kind of weird middle zone where I'm just drafting safe. Um, I think this was a guy that, the Devils should have looked at. Um, this is your kind of home run pick, and you hope that it pans out. Because, like you said, if he's not injured, he's probably fringe top ten, um, definitely top fifteen. But he's a really talented kid, um, center, which they are definitely hurting for in Washington. Um, so I gotta, I gotta give that uh, staff a lot of credit for taking a chance on that kid, and um, I could really see him panning out if he can, if he can get healthy. Now. The Nolan Patrick thing, being a victim to that, we'll say, and that kind of year in limbo is scary. But, uh, I mean, at 22, you're taking him at 22, not at number two. So if he doesn't play for you, it sucks. But at least you took a shot on someone that had some upside um, at that pick. Yeah, it's hard to argue that. Um, maybe we're just a little gun shy because of Patrick. But I was okay with them not trading up for him. However, I do potentially think – Washington got a really nice player here, and they could figure things out. Uh, He did start to rack up the injuries, but right at the end, he started to play more consistently, which was nice to see. Um, You made a really good point about the Devils. This is the Devils should have taken a guy like this over who they did take. Yeah, if if you're someone that couldn't pan out and be a superstar, you already got two solid players. Like, why are you taking a stay-at-home defenseman? Uh, Like, you can find those guys anywhere. Take a take a shot on someone. Exactly. And that's just it. Like that you want a home run pick that you can kind of, quote unquote, waste the pick by making a pick like this. That's the kind of guy you should do it on. It, it just made crazy amount of sense for the Devils. So um, so finally, we'll finish up with the Islanders. They didn't pick until pick 90, which is the well, end of the third round. Um, they, I don't know any of these names. They went <laughs> right, left, right, D and then goalie all eight picks. Um, for my research, I haven't seen anything that jumped off the pages. There, when now they move that pick, I believe they moved their first for uh, oh God, Pajot, yep. which was and they resigned Pajot, so that was a good move. The second may have went in the Andy Green deal. E, that sounds right. Or it, it was was it a first and a third for JGP, and they got Green for the second. Yeah, I, I I can't remember exactly. I just know they were very active at the trade deadline. Two players who were very – I mean, I, we know Andy Green hurt us 
with uh, yeah. his blocking skills. That's for any big score goal in 10 years. Uh, and, you know, I've always liked Pajot. Um, I felt like I was on an island with that one. He uh, he definitely showed he's a player. Um, so hard to argue what, the, what they did. They pick up a couple of wingers and pretty much hit everything but center. Uh, one last thing I wanted to bring up, the Rangers with their draft, their first two high picks. Obviously, you're going to Lafreniere. They traded up for a defenseman. Everybody can use defensemen. But they didn't take a center until 92, and that team is starving for centers. And there was a lot of centers available when they traded up. So why they traded up for that defenseman, they must have really liked him. They could have stayed put and got a – they could have had a Maverick Bork or somebody of similar uh, elk. Hell, they could have traded up and take the guy Washington took. Yeah. And, and I just thought that was odd. Uh, I know that you're not going to draft a center. He's not going to just play for you immediately. But for a team that's pretty starved for centers to being linked to Eichel of all people, no, that won't happen. But I just – that's how crazy the rumors have gotten, how needy they've been at center. I did think that was weird. Um so I'll just I'll just finish off with if um, how do you think the Flyers did in reference to the rest of the Metro? I wouldn't put them above Carolina, but was there anybody else draft you liked more than the Flyers? Um, I mean I want to say the Devils because I love their two first two picks. The third one kind of takes it out. I mean I, I'll put them right there behind Carolina, probably honestly probably slightly behind the devils just because of Holtz and Mercer. Um, but I think they did about as well as you could have asked them to, um, with the picks that they had. Um, well, the, like I said, the Rangers, I'm kind of taken off of that just because Lafreniere is Lafreniere. Um, but I, I think they did about as well as you could have expected coming out of the draft without, without seeing a major trade. Um, that was kind of what I expected and, and I'm happy with it. Yeah, definitely better than a C grade, that's for sure. I, I would 100% agree. I, I think a solid B is right there. Um, and if you want to take into account what they were actually working with and they, they got guys that they liked, I mean, I could even bump it up a little bit, but I'm, I'm totally fine with a B. So, uh, I'm a little disappointed in the sense that I'm not infuriated by something that I can talk about <laughs> for months like I was last year. Yep. People thought I was going to do that with Gunler. And I just, to see him drop like that, it's like, how could I? Right. You know, right. If he goes, if he goes right after the Flyers, then you've got an argument. But the way he fell, it's it's really hard to to get too mad at it. Yeah, and it's kind of what happened with Cole Caulfield, who kind of fell too. But when you're talking about a top ten, top five like talent, and he's there at what was our first pick at four, uh, twelve or eleven. Yeah, I think 11. And then you trade back, and he's still there, and yep. they don't take him, and then he goes. That was hard to swallow. I agree. Uh, that being said, I will say uh, one of the things they wanted Cam York to work on was his strength, and to see some of the pictures he's been posting with him with the chain and the you know he looks ripped. <laughs> and all right, I'm down. Yep, Especially thanks. if they swing a trade involving Sanheim for Line A, which could which I think was being discussed. It makes the most sense. They're going to need. York to be something. So I'm yep. all about that. Um, move on to free agency. Everybody's excited. Everybody was really excited more so because we're thinking this can retire. So there's cap space. Flyers are already talking line. A they're going to move guys out like ghosts, like Sandheim. Um, there was talks about JVR or um, Jake being involved in other deals, whether it was with Goudreau, whether it was with this deal, you know, just opening up cap space some way, shape, or form. Uh, that doesn't get done. Draft goes through as normal. We know we have a hole at top 4D. 
and <laughs> the first couple of days go by, the Flyers were barely interested in anybody. They went, made one measly little signing in Derek Pouliot, former first uh, first round pick of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, it signed him to a 700k one year two way deal for the Phantoms. Um, you know, Twitter was in flames for a while. I'm still seeing offhanded comments. I made one myself. I only made the one because I'm kind of like, I, we'll get into this. I kind of see what Fletcher is getting at and wants to do. And if you listen to some comments he's made, he's not lying. This is what he said. I'll just ask you, though, at this point, what were your expectations and what is your overall opinion on the matter now? So I got to be honest. My overall expectations were pretty much in line with what's happened. Um, from a free agent standpoint. Now, trades, uh, there was enough fire that, or enough smoke that I thought something might happen, but I really wasn't expecting the Flyers to be big players in free agency, at least not initially. Um, I think with the cap room they have, a couple of the RFAs, um, the key for them was going to be flexibility. Um, I was not expecting them to commit long-term, and I really think Fletcher was waiting out the market a little bit more than some of the other teams. Um, I don't think he wanted to pony up um, what some guys might have been asking for on the first or second day of free agency. I mean, there's still some guys out there that the price tag, especially with the flat cap, um, you might be able to get at a pretty decent bargain on a short term deal. Um, and maybe Fletcher's waiting in the wings for something like that. But really, um, the Niskanen retirement, uh, maybe they were going to be players. But honestly, I didn't think they were going to go after Krug. Um, Petrangelo, I thought that was a pipe dream for the Flyers too. Um, I think he wants to get paid, um, and he sounds like he's going to, but really they kind of did exactly what I was expecting, which is free agency. You always want your team to be active. You always want to go after a big name. You want to see your, your, your name in Roto World when they pop up, but, um, that they kind of did exactly what I was expecting them to do. Yeah. It's when you look at this team's finances, you consider the flat cap. And what we're going to get into a little bit more later is uh, Seattle. And the reason that's brought up is the no movement, no trade clauses. You will be forced to keep these players. And the Flyers have a lot of prospects, a lot of fra- uh, draft eligible guys for Seattle. And they can't be throwing out no movement clauses like Paul Holgram used to, like they were nothing. They ha- And that's when you look at some of these free agents – a lot of them signed. Even some of the ones, the lower end ones, were signing these no movement clauses, no trade clauses. And when you can, and I was excited too. First, like they got to do something. They need a top four guy. You got names like Shattenkirk. You got Krug. Uh, Petrangelo's out there. Obviously, this is a pipe dream. Um, you know, T.J. Brody, guys of that nature. Uh, and you're thinking the trade market's another thing. They're gonna do something. But once free agency opens up and our fan base is very much used to as going as last year we were making moves before free agency even started mm-hmm. by acquiring Hayes, by trading for Niskanen. You know, we had already you know done some stuff. You know, I I don't know if we even traded for Braun before. That may have happened during free agency, like yeah, later. I can't. Yeah, so you know they were very active, and we knew that coming into this one they wouldn't be unless they were making trades. And then Niskanen retired, and we're like, they got to do something. So people are like, okay, we're going to get a little, you know, rejuvenated here. But guys, <laughs> they have some cap issues. I won't say issues. They have some things they have to consider. 
flap cap definitely doesn't help. But and I have heard the argument made that Hart's making so little right now that now's the time to go for it. No player is gonna sign like a one year deal unless your name is Taylor Hall and you sign with Buffalo <laughs> with the intention of leaving. And would I have loved to have that player? Yeah. He would have ate up the rest of our cap and we would have had pretty much no money to re-sign Myers because he signed for one year $8 million. $8 million. Yep. We would have probably gave away Ghost for a seventh for nothing to get $5 million in cap total to give three and a quarter to Myers if he gets a Sandheim deal. you know, And then we're going to be left with peanuts to still address the top four, which is an issue because a defense – as it sits right now, of Provorov, Myers, Sandheim, Braun, Ghost, and Hag is not going to get it done. Hag, as much as I appreciate the guy, there's a difference between like and appreciate. I don't think he should be starting every game. And Friedman's your seventh? Yikes. Like I, I kind of like him too, but I don't want to rely on him if we have any kind of long-term injury. Even short-term. Even a guy's out two weeks. Like – you play like six to eight games in that span. You know, you could he could hurt you if he's not prepared, you know, and a ghost is going to hurt you. You're going to put ghost with Freeman. That's a disaster oh, written all over it. Yeah, you're now you're hoping that Taylor Hall has this crazy connection with whoever you put him with and scores 50 goals to make up for the goals you're giving in. You know, and Hart just stands on his head. So like, here's, here's the other thing with the Flyers, too. Um, the, the one guy I forgot to touch on, I, I wanted to like back. Um, he signed really quickly. I don't know if it was on the Flyers' end or if he got way more than the Flyers were offering, but he would have been nice to have back. But the other thing with the Flyers is their roster, as it stands for your 12 forwards, 60, and two goalies, is pretty much set. Um, you weren't really – look, you need another top four defenseman, that's for sure. But for from the forward standpoint, from the defense standpoint, you, your your numbers are pretty much there. So it wasn't like they're one of these teams that have 12 guys under contract and you got a lot of slots to fill. There's a lot of spots already accounted for. So um, I, I, that's another reason I wasn't really surprised that they they didn't really do much. Exactly. And this kind of – I don't want to say hit him by surprise with the Niskin in retirement because they knew for a bit and wanted him to think about it, mm-hmm. uh, And it, which is kind of interesting that they um, they knew this was coming. But they were talking trade about line A, all this stuff. I think in a perfect world, they make the trade for line A where they probably trade Sanheim. Let's be realistic. Maybe even Ghost. I think they would want to trade Ghost. Um, Frost and Lawton, we'll say. So that opens up a lot of cap space. And obviously, you bring in line A. Worry about him next year. I think he makes like six-something right now. Six-five, I believe. Yeah. So, I mean, you address a serious need and you actually would gain – if you do the trade I suggested, I think you'd gain like a million dollars in cap. Um, now your future and your available roster space uh, is a little clearer. You know, you, you don't have to worry about certain guys still being on the cap for the following years. You still have to keep a lot of stuff in mind. I'm not saying to go and get Petrolangelo after that, but they maybe they do seriously consider a guy like Krug. Or, you know, or maybe they have better offers on the table for some of the guys who went out because that team looks ridiculous. I think yeah. they would have had a better idea. Can't say with all the pieces involved or what other minor moves they would have made if that goes down. 
but I think they'd have a better idea of what to do going into free agency where things are kind of in flux right now. And I think that held everything up and you don't just make a move for the sake of making a move. So let's discuss some of the deals that did go down and we'll tie in the Metro here. So first, before I get into any of that, Bobby Ryan wants to play for Philly. He's maybe the first player to sign with Detroit. <laughs> he was the all free agency. It's like they opened it up with Bobby Ryan signs Detroit one year, $1 million, like done. Like, wow, for a guy who couldn't unless, – unless Fletcher was like, we have no interest in you whatsoever. Like, what the hell made this guy just say, I want to play for this team? Oh, my first offer? Boom, I'm gone. I was very surprised by that. Um, the only thing I can think with that, and um, initially I was a little bit shocked that he went so fast, but maybe he does that in order to end up in a top six role, play a lot of minutes on a young team that's not very good. Um, he could get moved to the deadline. Um, for a shot at uh, playoffs in a Stanley Cup. And then maybe he just wants to rebuild his value. He feels like if he can um, play top six minutes, play on a first power play unit, that he can build up some longer term value and maybe cash in for two or three years after that. Um, that's my only thought, because if he comes to the Flyers, is he? he's probably going to see top six minutes, but I don't know if you're guaranteeing that. Um, and Maybe the Fletcher was saying we can only offer you a million, and the extra five hundred thousand was the the deal breaker. Who knows? Yeah, um, I think you made a good point about keep playing in a better role. My only question is, Bobby, is he thirty three? That sounds about right because he's my age or our age, I should say. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, the reason I I ask that is, yeah, he has to be because Crosby is eighty seven. We're 87, and he was in the Crosby draft. So. Yep, 33. Um, so he'd be 34, theoretically, if he had a quote-unquote breakout campaign. I guess that it makes him more money. I don't know. It's very odd because at that age, you're not really cashing in like they used to. Yeah. Um, but maybe he sees it as maybe he's not looking for the $7 million deal. He's looking for the three-and-a-half to four. Or something. I don't know. Maybe he just wants more money. Just it was very odd. I thought that the way free agency would play out because Fletcher couldn't make a whole lot of moves is he would like let Bobby Ryan would be around to the end and he'd like, maybe go get the go- the uh, defenseman rather and then like add him or Amika Koivu because of their connection in Minnesota who signed with Columbus. So I'll just pivot to that real quick. What did you think of that signing? That's the only move Columbus made. They have a lot of cap room left. Even after that move, they still have 13 over 13 and a half million dollars. Uh, what did you think of that? Uh, initially, I didn't think they had any shot at really making any moves just based on their cap, and they started moving guys out, and I thought they might be Taylor Hall players. Um, my guess is he probably didn't want to play in Columbus and probably didn't want to play under Tortorella. Um, but they're, uh, I think they needed a lot more help than that. Koivu uh, is a nice addition to a young team. Just he brings some leadership. Um, he wore the C in Minnesota for a long time. Um, I think it's a solid signing for him. I mean, there's no real risk, but he's older. I don't really know how much he's got left. I think that's more of a, a leadership role um, than any real impact he's going to have on the ice, though. Right. And it seemed like they were clearing out some cats to make some kind of big move, yep. whether it be trade. They have been linked to Line A. They were also linked to Petrolangelo as well. Yeah. Um, it, maybe they're just not a destination, but uh, not a whole lot left out there. Unless they're smart. 
I don't know how much roster space they have, but there's some intriguing names out there they could they could add. They have the space to do it, hopefully on shorter term deals for their sake. Um, see what they still do. Um, Carolina had a, as we saw, had a good draft. Was a good team. They need a goaltender, and the only move they've made so far, which I like. They signed Jesper Faust, three years, $2 million apiece. They have $5.8 million remaining in cap space. What do you think of the signing, and what do you think of the fact that of the team signing, there was a lot of goaltender movement, they were not one of them? Um, I like Faust. Um, I think three at two mil is really good for him and good for the Hurricanes. Um, I was shocked that they weren't in on any of the goalies. I mean, maybe they were. Um but I was really surprised that they didn't sign at least one of those guys that was out there. I mean, by all accounts, the goalie market was just flooded with um, players that uh, that or goalies that needed a new home, and they seemed to strike out on all of them. Um, I didn't love all of the goalie signings, um, but I still th- I was still very surprised that they didn't do anything to address um, the goalie situation. Maybe they got something up their sleeve. Maybe they liked Nadelkovich better than all of us. Um, but I don't know. That one was kind of uh, puzzling to me. Um, I really thought that they would nab one of those guys, but they they seem to strike out with all of them. I mean, I guess they could still be in on Marc Andre Fleury or whatever happens with that. I guess I, I did hear that Vegas was offering Fleury and a second round pick to take on and they were going to take on half of his contract uh, only half and they were going to eat half yeah I mean, that's got to be something carolina should i would think consider. so i mean listen to this like markstrom signed with calgary uh obviously could open's back in dallas holby went to vancouver uh crawford to new jersey they could have made that that deal to 3.9 million for two years yeah like where? Why weren't they all over that one? Thomas Grice went to Detroit. Uh, I think a, a name to keep an eye on is Jimmy Howard. You think he gets? Yeah, maybe now that they're they're adding. Yeah, I can see it now. It's finally the year they move him. Well, uh, I mean, you know, they still have Reimer and Mrazek under contract at six uh, five for the total. So maybe their hands were kind of tied with with those guys. Maybe that's why we didn't really see him do anything. That's a shame. Um, yeah, I feel like that Reimer contract's a bit of an anchor. I think they like uh, Morazic and would like him to be the backup, and I think they want to get Reimer's had his time, had had his play, but that contract's just too much. I think it's like, was it four, four and a half for like another three point four, and then Morazic's three point one two five. And how how long is Morazic's contract? They're they're both one year left. Oh, okay. Well, I know Reimer, when he signed his with Florida, it was like four or five years. Yep, he signed a longer deal. So yep. It sounds like they're biting the bullet one more year. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm trying thinking. doing something. I don't know who's going to be available. But if they're also – if these are one-year deals in some kind of trade with – they could probably offload one of these guys. I don't think it would be that so. hard. You know, Moraz – I think they like Moraz. I think Reimer – I don't know. Um it's, it's still odd. I just feel like that's their main missing component, a team that always drafts and develops defense well. Went ham with the forwards in the draft. They have Sebastian Ajo. They have other pieces, and they just just don't – another season without a draft. It's still – it's just it's just free agency, so I don't want to kill them. You know, yes, shit yes. could still happen. So and I, that's kind of what teams are doing with the Flyers, so I, I shouldn't do that with another team. I'll move on to the Devils. 
$18.3 million in cap space. A nice signing here, I think. I know he's had his head issues, but Corey Crawl for two years, under $4 million, 3.9. Uh, I, here, I, th- I thought watch his name was going to start because the Devils fans all think he's better than Hart. <laughs> I was going to bring that up. <laughs> um, I guess not. Uh, I, I really like that signing for them. I think it, it's kind of good for both. Um, Crawford gets to come back and um, kind of start fresh. I, I would have liked to see him finish in Chicago, but I think the writing was on the wall for him. Um, I think it's a good deal for both of them. And like you said, the Devils need, had some money to spend. Um, so maybe a slight overpay to get the guy in the door. Um, cause you, you kind of have to do that. Um, but I, I like the signing for them. Um, I still think they're a few years away. Um, but I, I'm a, I'm a fan of that one. Yeah. Mackenzie Blackwood was the name I could not come up with. Yes, I, I didn't hear on the spot. I fall to pieces. Um, I'll skip over the Islanders. The only thing I guess we could say on that is there have been rumors of a Matthew Barzell offer sheet. Columbus was one of those teams. I don't see it happening. Offer sheets are still like taboo and teams tend to come back and bite your ass. And Columbus is not exactly waving their, you know what, with money and, you know, destinations. Uh, I'll I'll say this on on an offer sheet. I would very rarely be in favor of it, but man, if it's Matthew Barzell, I'll give up four first round picks if I have to. That's the other thing. Not only is it taboo that it's probably come back and bite you in the ass when one of your guys are up, but you're also giving up four first round picks, which is tough to swallow. Um, maybe they felt it, I don't. Th- I think they would have done it by now. I don't know. I think Montreal did with Aho last year later in the off season, and it was yeah, kind of like yeah. a bullshit thing. Like they almost like did him a favor. I don't know. Yeah, they, they they negotiated the contract for uh, Carolina. Yeah, it was it was the oddest thing. But let's let's just say that. Columbus is dead serious about this. There's no collusion. They're like, I think they're thinking we can't get anybody to come here off the free agent market. Let's just oversheet this guy. We'll eat the uh, the four, four first round picks because we truly believe he's a absolute superstar to go with our pretty damn good goaltending, but awesome defense and a good head coach. I mean, maybe that's what they're thinking. And, I, and I don't you know. Use your first round pick on a guy that nobody knew. So who the hell cares? Yeah, that's a good point, too. If they're drafting guys that are probably on the list for two years down the line, like nobody's ever heard of, I guess they don't really care too much about draft picks, which is killing me because Warinsky was a great draft pick for them, but whatever. What do I know? Um, Move on to the Rangers, who made the easily the best value signing. This was better than the Flyers adding Kevin Hayes. They swoop in and surprise us all. And I ha- I'm oozing with sarcasm. One year, 1.15 million for Jack Johnson. This is the guy they they bought out Henrik Lundqvist for. They got 10 million dollars or so in dead cap space for next season. They have 20 million available. But this is the guy they signed like almost right away. Jack Johnson's now Newark New York Ranger. What do you think, Steve? I think they were still drunk from getting the number one overall pick because, (laughs) like, what do you buy out Lundqvist for and then not do anything with the money? I mean, I know you got a couple of RFAs you got to take care of, and they're going to command some money, but, like, Jack Johnson is your your answer? Like, the the guy just – he got a 
sweetheart deal in Pittsburgh. I'll say he can thank Sid for that. Um, like, what are you doing with this guy? Like, you, I, I don't understand that signing at all. He was brutal in Pittsburgh. Uh, he hasn't really been good for a while. Uh, I, 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 that one, I just, I can't figure out. A, a team that really, outside of Truba, um, D'Angelo, is, I still like. He's the, he's your RFA. Like, Fox is coming up. But, like, Jack Johnson is your answer. And, and really, he's probably slotting in on your second pair. I, I don't understand it. I mean, the money is fine. 1.15 at the end of the day. Is that really that big of a deal? But, like. Man, you bought out Lundqvist, uh, and then you went and you really didn't do anything with with the money. So I'm scratching my head on that one. So I really they got Girardi, Spooner, Shattenkirk, and Lundqvist all have money against the cap for them next year at a combined. And I'm doing this off the top of my head. It is almost 13 million dollars in dead yep. cap space. Yep, it is just shy. And they don't really need to sign anybody except for Duclair, so I'm assuming that he's they're going to offer him something because they didn't spend any money. Why wouldn't you? Uh, I don't know who else they have to sign. They let Fast go to um, to the to uh, Carolina. I mean, uh, they, yeah, they do Carolina. have uh, uh, D. Giuseppe, Strom, and Lemieux that they they are RFA. I'm with sure. Him, yeah, I'm sure Strom and Lemieux will be back. If Giuseppe's back, great. I don't think it's going to cost him anything. Yeah, I don't think I don't think so either. Um, <laughs> they do have to sign Georgia, but this is, they're not spending 20 million dollars. I, I just don't get it. Why not? I, well, like when you look at the rest of the buyouts as it go, it's not as bad, obviously going forward, but it's still for next year, it's still $4 million. And then it's still two and a half after that. Like, that's crazy. I, I was very surprised that they weren't more active. I really thought the Lundquist buyout was going to lead to something. And then they sit on their hands and sign Jack Johnson. So uh, they could still trade for somebody, I guess. But like they seemed awfully confident, like they were going to do something. And this yep. is this is the move that I just for having rebuilt very good because a lot of we name a lot of the prospects they have. And we, we forget about Krastoff. Oh yeah, that was the Joel Falbe draft, and he like at the time was a little bit of a reach. They thought he seemed like he's going to be a very good player. You got Lafreniere, you got Capo, you got you signed Panarin, you got Truba, you got Fox, you got the Shersky's going to be a good goalie, and Georgiev is pretty good as well. A lot of the key things are coming together with this team. If they they bring back uh, D'Angelo, he's looked pretty good. Like they could be uh, really good. And I guess they didn't have to do anything. It just didn't make any sense to to buy out their you know, Hall of Fame goalie and with everything else going on and Shattenkirk and all that, that was just – I don't get it. I I'm, I know the offseason is not over. It's really just getting started, but I'm blown away. I, of all the, make sure, I thought they would be, like, gunning for Petrolangelo at this point or something. Like, and let, I thought they would do something. I don't know. I, I really don't know. Unless they thought they had a better shot than they did, and that's a serious miscalculation. I, I, I guess. I, it's, it's very strange to me. I did not – by any means expect to see that so let's just move on to pittsburgh we knew they didn't have a whole lot to work with here they bring back evan rodriguez and if i could real quick he went in the trade for kapanen uh he was one of the players that went and (laughs) i don't know mr rodriguez personally or anything but apparently he played hardball with toronto because they wanted to give him the same deal and he thought he was worth more and they balked at his at him and they said, yeah, okay, pal. He goes right back to Pittsburgh and signs the exact deal. That made me laugh. Um, 
a fourth line, third liner at best. I mean, come on, if that actually, if he's making league minimum, they must not believe too much in him because he was making a lot more than that last year. Uh, Mark Janikowski, who I feel like I've heard of, but I couldn't tell you what position he was. A couple of other guys, uh, nothing special. I heard they were talking to Joe Thornton. I don't know if that's realistic. They got $2.6 million left in cap space. Are they done, or do you see more trades, which we could talk about? I can't wait to do the deep dive on their team, and maybe they'll be coming sooner rather than later if they have no more room to wiggle with. But they needed to add some defense. They didn't add anything outside of the trades they made, which are getting destroyed. Um, I, I I don't see them really doing much else. Um, they're, I mean, they've got a lot of, they already have 23 contracts um, in their, uh, in, in the NHL. Um, so they're kind of up against it as far as that goes. Um, I, I can't really figure, I mean, I know that they're kind of in that go for it window, but this feels like in a couple of years, this is going to blow up really hard on them. And they're going to be in the basement before long. Once once Malkin and Crosby are gone, I think this team takes a steep nosedive. I mean, I like the Jari signing, three and a half for him. Um, Murray, The Murray trade was solid. That Everybody knew you had to trade him as an RFA. You got a second round pick back. But, man, you're... I think they're going to be in a world of hurt when they come in and they realize they really haven't addressed any of their needs. Like Mike Matheson, we talked about that trade. Uh, I mean, I think he's he's making more than he should, and he's got a six-year deal, which is kind of ugly. But you don't really have any cap space to, to really address much. And I think this is their team, and I, I think they're on the steady decline where some of the other Metro teams are, are have the arrow pointing up. I, I, I don't see much upside for them as far as moves going forward in the offseason here. It's very odd. And the only buyout they had was Jack Johnson, which is going to cost them 1.1 for the next two years. Then it goes to 1.9. And for the next three years after that, it's only just over 900 K. So they're not really hurt there, but I mean, they're goaltending right now. They re-signed Jerry to, I mean, I hope he's the real deal for the, if I were them, but 3.5, if he plays as well as he did last year is actually a bargain. Uh, Casey DeSmith is up and down at 1.2. It can't hate it. Um, they still got Latang at 7.25 for two more years. Matheson, we just discussed that contract. Uh, they had to let, and we'll get into this in a second, they had to let Justin Schultz go, who I really felt when they were winning, he was a big part of their, their power play. Um, he's, he's, have, he's, not like a, he's not a great defensive guy, but he can drive play on, on the offensive side. And like you just mentioned, he's a good power play guy. I think that loss is going to be bigger than they realize. Especially on the power play and with everybody getting older as well. Uh, I can't really speak for much more of their defense, except that there is one guy I like to bring out, and that's John Marino. I think he has been better. I never heard of him until really like beginning of last year. He's 23 years old. They got him for one more year at 925,000. Then he's a restricted free agent. With them having not a ton of cap, and having other moves to make, um, they re-signed – did they re-sign – yeah, they did. Okay. So the only unrestricted free agents they'll have in two years are Rodriguez, who I'm sure they'll let walk, and Colton – I can't say his name. Shiver. Shiver, yeah. He came in the uh, the trade as well. 
two restricted free agents they have at that point are Zach Austin Reek and Teddy Bulger, who I never really heard of. I don't know how they're going to keep this guy. And he's one of their better defensemen on the defensive end. He might be their best when I look at their roster. Yeah, he, he played really well last year. I believe he made the team right out of camp as kind of a guy nobody really heard of. Um, but he was the one guy you heard pretty much his name consistently throughout all the Pens games. And he might – I mean, I think the Pens are going to have to move one of those bigger D contracts. But he could be a guy that you see that moves on really just because of salary cap considerations because they're going to have a hard time keeping him around. If, if, he, if he duplicates what he did this year and takes another step forward, he's going to be asking for some money that they probably aren't going to be able to afford. And they got to keep an eye on, their, on their, their cap in the sense that, you know, they traded for Kapanen and he's up in two years. Yep. Uh, the one thing is Malkin's up in two years. Uh, he's not making – I don't know what's going to happen with that. He might not be on the team. I think they, he's going they, back to Russia. Yeah, it could be. And if I'm them, maybe they seriously consider a trade because they need the, the money. And I don't know what's going on. I guess they're going to give it one more go. But this team just does not scare me like they used to by any Same. stretch of the imagination. Yeah, Joe Thornton will look great for them. I'll believe it when it happens. Uh, they, they just don't scare me at all. They didn't do anything. They've... They've gotten worse with the moves they made. I felt like they did the offseason wrong. Like, why are you trading your first, the 15th overall pick in a pretty, a very good draft? For And I like happening too, but, like, that was a bad trade. They also, the prospect they gave up, apparently they, they really like as well, and they gave him up also. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of yeah. like, why not try to address your defense with your pick? And maybe even it would be be weird who they'd have to do this with but like matt murray or something um like you alluded to though they kind of had to take what they could um and then they make that hornquist deal who's like one of the heart and soul of their team and they get a guy they're going to cut after next year is a fourth third liner at best and a puck moving defenseman who's not good on defense who has this ridiculous deal that people really don't like why couldn't they – look what Justin Schultz signed at two years, $4 million. Wouldn't they have just been better off keeping him? That That's that's the thing. Like you're you're trading for this guy and then Schultz signs for that deal. And it's like couldn't we have just done that and saved four years and maybe almost a million off the cap? Like I think that may have been a situation where the GM's trying to think too far ahead and projecting too much. But, man, I – outside of Malkin and Crosby and and then I'll throw Gensel in there too. Like there's nobody on this team that really scares me. No. Uh, And even Latang's made of glass. Like, yeah, it's much like they're all getting older, you know? And uh, listen, I like, I like their goalies. Uh, Casey DeSmith's uh, he's streaky. Like he'll he'll come in and he'll be really good. And then he'll get lit up. Like kind of like Brian Elliott, to be honest with you. He's Um, a a backup goalie that I want to have behind a, a, a top end guy. Yeah, uh-huh. and, totally okay. and, and remember, Jerry was was drafted higher than Matt Murray. Yes, I think they might have been both in the second round, but he was still the higher guy, and he just took longer to develop, but he still could be the better guy. So we'll see what happens with that. But it doesn't matter when the rest of the team around you is kind of like – I just don't understand the moves that Rutherford was making. And I had – I think it was brought up by Russ, actually, Russ Cohen, that Mario Lemieux might have his hand in things. And when former players who don't have that history of – 
building teams and they're more on the owner side of things suddenly decide to jump in. That's when weird things start to happen. Don't make a lot of sense. Plus Rutherford is an older guy. So they believe in that older style of hockey kind of thing. It's a boys club and they make bad moves and we're seeing that. So, uh, so far, Steve reviewing the Metro before we get to our last team and then the flyers, not really all that impressed. Uh, Washington teams only want to sign guys from the Metro. Um, now, I'll say I'll go reverse here. Trevor Van Riemsdyk, was he with Carolina last year at some point? Or I, okay, I can't keep track of the teams that this guy has played for. He's been all <laughs> over the league. I know he's played with Chicago and plenty of teams out west, and he's been over here. So anyway, they signed him for one year, $800,000. That's not a bad deal. I think he could definitely play. He's like a almost like a hag, man. Like He could come up and be an NHL player when you need him to. Yep. Uh, we alluded to Justin Schultz, two years, $4 million. He is straight offense. That's not a bad thing when you consider the rest of their team. Maybe Carlson starts to play more defensively. He's not doing everything offensively. And finally, the big one, Hendrick Lundqvist, at a very cheap $1.5 million to back up the young kid. Uh, what did you think of what Washington did? Um, they kind of – I like the addition of Lundqvist, especially with Samsonov there. I mean, he's going to be your starter, but if he does falter – I mean, he's still a young guy. He, he He's looked good, but there's still a lot to be proven there. And if he's not ready or if he needs a couple games off, you add Lundqvist at a million and a half. I mean, it's really not that bad. Um, maybe he gets a second life playing with a, a, th- that team in front of him. I mean, the Rangers haven't been great for the past couple of years, save for last year. Um, but I think it's a good move for him, and it's a good move for them. Um, ben Reams, like at 800000 Um He's like your perfect five, six, seven type of defenseman. Um, their decor is getting up there in age, surprisingly. Um, I don't love their decor, but I think it's pretty solid. Um, I like the Dylan signing, um, although the years I might have liked a little bit less, but the key is he didn't get a no-trade clause, so um, you could see him on the way out for uh, Seattle maybe. Um, I think they they made the most of their cap space. Um, I did check, and they actually have no cap space left over. Um, so with what they had, I think they, they did a pretty good job. They didn't really lose anybody. Um, Kovalchuk, see you later. Um, hope he's a loss, but the writing was on the wall for him anyway. So they'll, uh, they'll be interesting to see if they can pull off a trade and maybe shed some salary um, down the line here. Hope he got less than I thought he would. Uh, I guess when I say that, I meant like two years ago. I thought he would get – because it was inevitable that he was yep. going to be released. And also, I thought he might be looking at – a. Uh, Bob kind of deal. Yeah, I mean, ten million is a lot. I I thought he would get a lot though, like eight. Yeah, I, I thought they, he would get yeah. Goalies uh, fall off quickly. But he he won a cup, so like it made sense. And then as you see his play decline, still good, but like not that good. I was like, wow. Um, Racco Gudis signs with Florida, three years, <laughs> two and a half million dollars. What'd you think of that deal? Because I want no parts of that. Oh no, please no. Like like I said. Stay-at-home defensemen, those kind of guys, they grow on trees in the NHL. I mean, he's he was a nice player, and I liked having him on the team, but he's not a guy I want to commit any kind of money to or any term. Um, Florida needed some guys on the back end, but I, I hate to break it to them. I don't think uh, Radko Gudis is your answer. Yeah, it, it just made me laugh. 
Same. Um, That's all I could do was laugh at it. I just – Florida. Florida makes some really good moves and then really odd moves. Um, so Flyers, the only move they made. Uh, we need defense, so why not dra- Why not sign former first-round picks? Derek Pouliot, one year, 700K, two-way deal, which means he will be on the Phantoms power play. Um, yeah, uh, like we discussed, they haven't really done anything yet. I actually, as a depth signing, who's going to be on the Phantoms, actually like that for that reason. Like, he, he, the talent's obviously there. Just guy could never really put it together. He plays on the Phantoms. I can't hate that. Yeah, I don't expect exactly. I don't expect or rely on him ever coming up to the Flyers. So I'm not worried about that at all. However, they did not address anything uh, at all. Like they're talking trades up until this point. I've been following Twitter. I've heard rumors. Nate Schmidt has popped up. Um, everybody that pops up, though, signs somewhere else or gets traded Amazing. somewhere else. We didn't trade for Goudreau. We didn't trade for Line A. Uh, Martinez is the other hot A, Alec Martinez. And pretty much any Vegas defender, and that's only because we need defense and they need cap space to sign Petrolangelo. Yep. So I guess that automatically. And then Dumba, who's going to cost you a lot, who kind of worries me the more I like investigated him. There's a lot to like, but he has his issues in his own end and playing defense, which is kind of like, uh, like not again kind of thing. Yeah, no, go ahead. I think if you're bringing a guy that you want to play next to Provorov, you, you, you're kind of – I don't want to say boxing yourself in, but you're looking for a specific type of player – Someone like what kind of Niskanen brought. I mean, Dumba's really talented, but I don't know if he necessarily fits great with um, Provorov, uh, unless you want to move maybe Myers up or something like that. But I think they're looking for someone that's kind of specific. Um, and I, I think Fletcher will do a good job. I don't think he's going to jump at anything. Um, but if he can pluck one of those guys like a Martinez um, because someone's got to trade him, I think he'll pounce on it. I think he's he's just playing kind of the waiting game right now um, to see what kind of shakes out. And to get into that, we'll just jump off of what you know the free agency. I don't even want to ask you who did the best because it's like they barely really made any moves. Um, that's kind of what I thought he would do. I didn't think they would jump out and go, all right, Krug's our guy or TJ Brody's our guy. And I think it was very smart. Uh, to not give those no movement clauses because while it looks good in the short term, in the long term we're going to lose a prospect, a good prospect, not just like a you know a Ratcliffe. Like we're going to lose somebody we really like, you know, and we're going to be probably making trades and giving up. And Fletcher has done this. He gave up. I think he gave up Paula or Marsha. No, Marsha was in Florida. He gave up like Eric Paula yeah. in a I think deal. It's to take somebody else. Now, I don't think Hall is very good anymore, but he had a good like year and a half, two years where he was a cog in that team that was pretty good. So I don't want, I hope something like that doesn't happen. And it doesn't, it, he's aware of it. And I like that he's aware of it. And he really hasn't strayed far from the path he set. Some notable quotes from Fletcher I don't expect, and this is before Niskanen retired. I don't expect us to be a major player in free agency over the next couple of years. I do expect us to aggressively try to keep our own players. And obviously we'll be working the phones to see what we can find on the trade front. End quote. Um, We've seen that. We've seen the line a thing. I wish we see now a little more defensive and maybe there is it's just there's a lack of results, which is concerning where other teams are getting a lot of stuff done and we're just 
nothing. Uh, another one, he uh, quote, we're not going to spend money just to spend it. If there's some ability to add a player on the right deal at the right cap price at the right term, we'll do it. That's a lot of rights. If not, we'll certainly wait. I think there will be opportunities along the way to address whatever needs we feel we need to address, end quote. I mean, that's jargon for <laughs> like, speak. yeah, I mean, it's just like, especially when I went on the right path with the right term, right price, right player, <laughs> right time of day, right phase of the moon. Like, it's like, all right, I get it. I get it. Like, it's, you're not really going to do anything unless it comes. It's almost like Hextall's plan where he saw they could add a guy like JVR, which kind of sucks right now, I guess. I don't hate the guy, but, you know, there's a reason it was only five years when there was everybody else was offering a guy like these six, seven years deals at a lesser cap hit. I get it. It fit into the plan. There's a plan right now because of the flat cap and who he's got to pay. You can't just be going and getting the top guys. I really wanted the line A deal to go through for two reasons. Obviously, the obvious number one reason is because of line A. And two, it's to clear out some cut some fat you know and like really be able to target in on a certain defenseman whether it be free agency or trade and put all your eggs in that basket and you know fill out your defense from there and then let certain guys go like braun or whoever else and then hopefully york is and whoever the hell else can just kind of move up and then you got line a who's young and will be like with you for the next 10 years so that's why i really wanted to see something like that go down obviously it has not they need to pivot and pivot fast. Nothing with Fletcher has been fast. For a guy who wheeled and dealed like like crazy in Minnesota, he has not done a whole lot of wheeling and dealing this year anyway. And um, I don't want to say I'm concerned. So before I ask you how – because I want to tie this all together and then I'll let you go. Um, some notable no-trade clauses uh, that the Flyers – this probably took the Flyers out of the running. Defensively, Shattenkirk, Tanev – uh, Jonas Brodine, who they never were in on, he was re-signed, but he was given that no-trade clause. Tory Krug, TJ Brody, all these defensemen were given no-trade clauses, which should have automatically taken the Flyers out of the running because they can't commit to that. They can't protect these players knowing who they have to protect. We probably offered the same cap and term, but that was what won, won them over, and we mm-hmm. just can't. As much as you want to say do whatever you do to get the guy – you can't in this situation, and it's because of Seattle, and it sucks. We've got two things working against us: you the flat cap and Seattle. So, through all the unrestricted free agents, maybe I'll throw some names at you while you're talking. But I threw a lot at at you there, Steve. What were your thoughts on what's going down in free agency so far? What can be done? Consider the no trade clause, all that. Seattle, go. So I think I'm going to say this: I think sometimes the best move you can make is not making a move. Um, the the Flyers are in a position that if you add a guy with a no trade, you're losing, you're pretty much guaranteeing yourself of losing one of your other really solid players, likely a, a Sandheim or a, a Myers, one of those type of guys. And I don't think Chuck Fletcher was willing to do that. And I have to applaud him for that. It, I, he, he saw what this team was. And really, you're returning a very similar core um, group from last year that won what nine of ten going into the COVID stoppage um, looked good in that round robin. Clearly, they were having trouble scoring in the bubble. Who knows what that can be attributed to? But I think Fletcher is comfortable with the core group of guys he has. Um, you get a couple of prospects that you can fill in some holes 
Um, but I don't think he was willing to do that no trade. And I think a lot of guys are, are going to be keen on that this year because they they probably don't want to go to a new team in, in Seattle. Uh, the, the Vegas, the success that they had, I'm going to say that's uh, more the exception than the rule. Um, and let's be honest, going to Vegas is a lot more attractive than going to Seattle. Um, so, so I really think, I know it's not popular. I know people want to see GM spend money, make big moves. It gets the fan base going, but I, I think the flyers were what they were going to be at the end of the season and for the start of next year. Um, like I said, I, I I'm still okay with what Fletcher did. I think he's kind of sitting back and wait, waiting to see what shakes out with maybe a few other guys. Um, but for by and large, this is going to be their team, what they've got. Um, I mean, Lindblom, obviously the cancer diagnosis was a bummer, but he was tearing it up beforehand. If, and if you get that guy or let's say 85, 90% of that guy, he's a steal at 3 million. Coots is a steal at 4.3. So I think there's a lot of things that they have going for them. Um, and they weren't in a position where they necessarily needed to add that one guy in free agency that was going to push him over the top. I think Fletcher looked at it more like it's going to come in a, in the form of a trade. So I'm okay with it. Um, I still think there's something that's going to happen on the trade market. Maybe a, a, a free agent gets scooped up that um, takes less because the market wasn't there. Um, but I think what we've got now is pretty much going to be our team going into next season. I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you. And the reason that is, is I look at our available cap space and I look at our team. I'll run it down for you real quick. And there's, I will say, there was one player that I had to sign because we know we're going to have him, and that's Felipe Myers. Yep. I think it's fair to say he'll get something, if not identical, to the Sanheim deal, which is three and a quarter. The years don't matter because we're only talking about next year. Excuse me. So with that, that leaves the Flyers with 5.4, just over 5.4 million to address a top four defenseman. Uh, the reason I say that is I don't think they need to add anything else. We can move these lines around all we want, but just to lay it out for you, theoretically, your top line would be Coots, centering Drew, and Jake. Your second line would be Hayes, centering TK, and Lindblom. Your third line would be Lawton, centering Farabee and JVR. And your fourth line, I have Raffle and Albuquerque on this line, and it would either be Frost, who I would like to see on the team, but as a third line center, so move that around, however. Uh, but if it is a fourth line guy, uh, Connor Bunneman did a decent job while up here, and Tanner Lazinski has been the number one guy that people want to see win this job out of camp. Totally for that as well. Patrick does remain unsigned. That is a key factor here because I don't think he should make any more than $1 million for one year. I don't know what he's going to make. If that's the case, and you have to keep your asset here, you can't just let this guy walk. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yep. Um, now, I did hear from Bill Meltzer column that he, because he – He's three years in, but he didn't play a year, so he's safe from uh, certain. He can't be picked up by Seattle first off. He doesn't. Right. He, he won't have the necessary, uh, I think, amount of games played. Yeah. So like because he didn't play any of his third year of eligibility, he's safe. Uh, they still need to sign the guy though. So if you, we'll just say it's a million dollars for for one year. Uh, Proveroff and Myers. Myers getting the deal I discussed earlier. Sandheim, Braun, Ghost, Hag, Hart, and Elliott. Elliott, by the way, signed for one, one and a half, which we discussed was what I wanted him for. Yep. I was just willing to give him the second year to get it. Same here. Lundquist signed the same friggin' deal. Amazing. So, and 
if we have time, I'll ask you something about one quiz because I forgot earlier, but it's, okay. not really, it's not really that important. Um, so, yeah, so th- say they keep that whole team. The obvious glaring need is a top four defenseman. They, that's all they would have to add, and they would be good to go next year. Would they be over the top with talent? Not defensively. I think the fours would be pretty good, especially if Limblom plays a full season and Farabee takes a step forward and Frost is on the team. And maybe a combination of Frost and Lazinski, they're both pretty good because Lazinski was pretty sought after for a while. Mm-hmm. Like he was looking like he wasn't going to resign. Um, and you add that defenseman. I'll run down some names. I don't. I have a lot of forwards on this list. I don't think they're worth mentioning unless you want to throw somebody at me. Sure. Um, you know, there are some intriguing guys, but I just I don't think it financially makes a lot of sense. So obviously Hall signed today with Buffalo one year, eight million dollars. Petrolangelo's all but going to Vegas. Uh, defensively, Andy Green, he's 37 years old, but I see him more as a luxury on a team as like a third or a top, barely a top four guy, third pairing, like fifth defenseman. That wouldn't exactly make me gung ho. Uh, Sammy Vatnin, he's had his issues defensively. I'd rather have a defensive guy, not an uh, offensive guy. Yep. Cody Cece, he, when he was first with Ottawa, he was pretty good. He's kind of fallen off. I know the guys in uh, Toronto certainly didn't like him. Um, yeah, and it, it kind of everybody else pretty much signed, unless there's somebody you can think of defensively before we go into the trade market. Uh, offensively, I'll just run down some names. I believe Ryan Nugent Hopkins is available. Michael Granlin's going to make too much. Mike Hoffman's going to make too much. Kyle Chenyok's an interesting name. So Foley's a team that I know a lot of fans would like to see. Evgeny Dananoff, uh, I would love to have him, but at 31, yeah. I can't commit the years, and I don't think they can afford it, honestly. Connor Sheary would be nice for the speed. Jimmy Vesey has been connected with the team for the Hayes and the AV factor. I believe him and Hayes are pretty close. They've been on the same team. They may have even went to the same college. I'm not 100% sure about that. They also both played under AV. Corey Perry and Joe Thornton are both older guys who have been linked. Well, well Thornton was linked to Pitt. Uh, I think Perry will wind up somewhere out west. He just seems like one of those players. Uh, two intriguing names are Anthony Duclair and uh, Um I don't know what their contracts would bring. They both seem like offense first guys, defense guys later, which doesn't exactly fit AV. Of the guys I just named, is there anybody, offense or defense, that you could see the Flyers having a legit run at? Uh, so, like I said before, based on the roster as it stands, I think if you're going to make a serious run at anybody, a trade would have to probably take place before or after. Um, I would love a guy like Dadenoff. I think he's your put, he's a put the puck in the back of the guy. Um, to Foley, I think is similar. I think he brings a little bit more to his game. Um, I'd be okay with kicking the tires on either of those guys. Um, Duclair, I believe he wants to cash in. Um, but I also think that with the flat cap and the way everything's going now, I could see him signing a short-term deal, maybe getting a little bit more money on a one year and trying to parlay that into some years, uh, for signing next year. Um, Hoffman, I don't see coming. I think he's going to cost too much. Um, and then on defense, the only other name I saw was Eric Gustafson, but he's, again, he's like that Sammy Vatten and he's offense first. Um, nice guy for the power play, but I think you need a little bit more of a, a defensive minded guy to, to sign. 
Um, if the price comes down on some of these guys, like Anthony Siu, uh, when he was with Detroit, I would have loved to to acquire him. But then if you can't really do much with playing with Connor McDavid, uh, I don't really know how much I, I trust you after that. Um, he's got a lot of speed, but I, I think if they, they add a guy, it's probably a, a guy maybe a little bit lower down the lineup. So I don't know if they're going to be in on any of these players unless the price comes down or they can they can move someone. Um, and defense, Cody CC, I'd rather have him on the third pair. Um, say, like Travis Havanick's out there, but again, third pairing guy. So uh, like I said, I think we're gonna we're we're looking at what we're going to go into the season with pretty pretty close barring a trade. I think Trey's the only way to go. Even a guy yeah. like I, I've always liked Havanick. But a lot of people forget, and maybe that's not the situation anymore. He needed to ask for a trade out of uh, New York so that he could go out where his family is out west. He has some kind of like family issue going. So I feel like he's going to tr- do whatever he can to stay as close to the West Coast as possible. Yeah, I would agree. His play is also falling off a little bit, but yeah, I, exactly. I remember liking him a lot. I wouldn't. I have mixed feelings on Cody CC. I. I <laughs> I think there's talent there, but I also worry about him. He would definitely be on the third pairing, but if you look at the lines lineup we had, he would pretty much be stepping in for like Hag, you know. Or and I, I mean, you could t- pick your poison whether you'd want Braun or CC with Sanheim. It, it's already doesn't sound pretty. Uh, it, we got to do, we can do better than that, and that's why I think the trade is the only way at this point. They yeah, struck like, out on everybody else, not for their own fault, but. Like, the do I really want to bring in a, another guy that just takes the brawn or hag? Like to me, what what are you really accomplishing at the end of the day there? Yeah, when I say the lineup, it's it's I feel like we're just adding a player or spending money for the sake of spending money, which exactly. it's not going to do. Um, and you know, it'd be a one year deal. It would, there would be no term on these deals. Um, so yeah, we've talked about line A on pretty much every show here at High Wide. Goudreau was mentioned early on. We have not heard the Flyers circle back to that, so there's really no point. These are both forwards anyway. Um, Matthew Dumba's been brought up because of the Minnesota-Fletcher connection, and I believe Fletcher drafted him. That's a bigger deal. That's going to cost a lot of assets. I don't know what they would be exactly. I don't think they go that big. I don't. I think if they do, it's offensive. It's line A. I don't think they're doing that for D. I would agree. Especially with all the guys they have coming. I think a guy like... I don't even like Schmidt because doesn't he have like five to six years left on his deal, Nate Schmidt? I believe he's got five left. I think he signed a six-year deal. And it's like four and a half million dollars a year or something? Yeah, it's not terrible, but it's still a little, a six, little high. Five to six years, that's five, a long six, time. He's got five left at 5.95. 5.95? Yeah, that's more than I thought. Jeez, Ooh. almost six million dollars? Because I saw the rumor that – and let me pull it up real quick. Now, now, you know, temper your expectations. This is uh, Eklund here. It just says Petroglano to Vegas and Nate Schmidt to with a question mark. And it alludes to there's a team taking Schmidt and his $6 million cap hit. Uh, it's being reported that it's not Florida. And then it says could be Philly, but not. I, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, Financially, they're going to take that. That's you're going to take at $6 million? Not Dumba, Nate Schmidt. Like, come on. That's there's no. I'm not, listen, he's a good defenseman, but he's not great. Do I even think he's worth the six million? I don't, not really. Not at that term. 
Not he's twenty nine. He's got five years left. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's, I don't that's want disaster. any part of that. Unless we're getting, unless they're taking some kind of contract off of us, which makes no JBR. sense for Vegas. If it, but if they're going to sign Petrogano, why do they do? It makes no sense. So the only guy that they should move, because I think he's on a one year deal, is Alec Martinez. Yep. And I think that's I think that's four million, like four and a half or something. Yeah, four, one at four. What? Yeah, you go. That makes the most sense. That needs to be their target. So if Vegas is honestly, they're looking to move Schmidt, you would think Martinez and Flurry to make room for Petrogano. This makes too much sense for the Flyers. He would be adequate, I'll say, with Sandheim or whoever on the second pairing. Uh, right. Unless you really, they really love Braun and want to put him up there for whatever reason. No, like, please no. Yeah, and I don't, I doubt he's got any no movement clauses or anything. So it's the perfect one-year solution. You're helping out Vegas to do what they want to do, so it's not going to cost you anything. It really shouldn't. So to me, when you break it all down, this is the move they make. That'll put their cap at, depending on what they send back, I assume it's pick, a pick. He uh, would have like just under a million and a half dollars left if the Meyer signing and the Patrick signing are what we project them to be. And it's not flashy, but it's a team. And yeah. I, I think that they're better upset going forward. It's not sexy by any means, and that's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. But they're running out of options. They're running out of options quick. And that checks all the boxes with adding a top 4D, who I think he's barely hanging on to that status. But you know what? Pickens are slim. You can't afford uh, free agency. You can't offer anybody a no-movement clause. And you got Seattle coming. And then maybe you open up some space when you hopefully do something to make sure they take JBR. Or something along those lines. Yep. And that, and then you let you let him walk. You let somebody else walk. You know, you trade ghosts. Like then things can start opening up a little bit more. So I have to bite the bullet for this year. Let the team just develop. And you know, another year under uh, Mignot. The only thing that's going to hurt is they are going to have to allocate a lot of the cap to Hart. Uh, Coots is very soon. But lo- but hopefully we can offset that with Drew taking less and maybe moving down in the lineup and we'll see what's up with these other young kids. You know, I, there's going to be a lot of change coming because I think Lawton's eventually going to price himself out. I think Raffle Raffle's done after this year, at least with in Philly. Um, Braun, I didn't think he was coming back this year. Now he's here for the next two years. I don't I hate it. I don't hate it. Like I just feel stupid having Braun and hag on the same team. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I think that's the move. It would not surprise me if the Flyers swung a deal for Martinez. I think it makes the most sense. I've been talking for quite a while. Steve, any thoughts? <laughs> um, no, I, I don't want any part of Schmidt. Um, I'm 100% with you there. Um, I would love to add a guy like Martinez. The only thing is I'd like to add a right shot, and I know they're both left shot guys. Um, I think that's probably what they're in the market for. So if they can find that guy that fits – um, that might be why they'll make a deal that kind of looks a little bit more surprising because um, Niskanen was obviously a right shot, and that's that's tough to find. Um, but, yeah, like, like I'm okay with this team. I really am. And, and I think here, here's the other thing I think to keep in mind is you saw a lot of growth in Sanheim. Um, you saw that Myers is a top four pairing defenseman. And, and I don't think Fletcher – I think he's wary of stunting the growth of both of those guys. Um, so I don't know that he wants to bring in someone that necessarily is going to 
have to shuffle them. I think he wants to keep those two together on the second pair and just find a guy for Provorov. So like I said, with finding someone of a specific skill set, um, if you didn't see the growth from Sanheim and Myers that you saw this year, um, I do believe that you would have seen them be players um, in the market and maybe have already swung a trade. But I think that's playing into a lot of it here. I think he's comfortable with those guys um, knowing what he has there. Um, and look, worst case scenario, Ghost steps in um, and maybe you pair Hag with Provorov or Braun, God forbid. But you do have at least options to to fill the spot. So I, I would be surprised if we didn't see at least one trade in this offseason. Um, but I, I, I think the Flyers are in a very fine spot as is. Yeah. And I, the more I think about it, the more I don't see them adding any kind of forward. Uh, I think it's going to that's going to come from within. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you about the left hand, right hand thing. A lot of people, I always thought that the plan was to have Provorov and Sandheim be eventually this team's top pairing. And I'm going by based on skill. I'm not looking at the stick side. Everybody's putting Myers up there because he's a right-handed guy. And I get it, but like, how much stock do you put into the guys you have a left and a right on the same pairing compared to just flat-out skill? Um, I mean, the skill is obviously going to outweigh whatever happens, but when you have two guys that I think of comparable skill, and really the way I look at it, Provorov's going to be your horse no matter what. Um, the other guys, they're going to be, if you're in the top two pairs, you're going to be playing a lot. So really it doesn't matter who you, you play them with um, as far as ice time goes. Um, so I think if you can pair a right shot with a left shot, there's actually a pretty significant advantage there. Um, considering what it can do for you against the boards and um, kind of the passes back and forth. Um, so I think it does make some sense. Now, it gets overblown, I think, because it's a, a, a talking point that you can just point to when you look at it. You're not really evaluating the play necessarily. Um, but I think if, if you're choosing between Sandheim and Myers and you're saying they're of similar skill sets, if you can put the right shot with Provorov, I think that does make some sense. Um, but look, at the end of the day, you need the best players. It doesn't matter what hand they shoot with. So it, it gets overblown, but at the same time, there still is something there to consider when, when pairing two guys together. Yeah. And it just seems like for like the last two years, it's been like Provorov, Sanheim, Provorov, Sanheim, and Sanheim had a rough playoffs. And now it's like, oh, Myers. And I'm just like, well, Myers <laughs> didn't exactly have the best playoffs either. Like that pairing got beat up. They did, yeah. Myers have a better playoffs than Sandheim? Yeah. <laughs> but they not by a ton. Which he's a shinier turd in the bowl. Like, I mean, they did <laughs> they both and they had their good parts, especially Myers had he rocketed some shots. Yep. But I'm just like it's like they just they're ready to trade him for line A, which I'm kind of on that train too. But like they're ready to get to just get rid of the guy, and he's like, no, 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 forget him. Myers is it's Myers, Myers train, Myers. I'm like, Myers is probably gonna have the same progression as Sandheim this year, and probably like take a step back or something, and when he gets gets that playing time, because that's what players do. They have their like hiccups, it's and it's like Sandheim, he had a hiccup, and yeah. I just think that they're gonna they're ready to run him out of town, like up, oh, send him in this trade, send him in that trade. It's like Jesus, guys, relax. Welcome to Philly. And one of the yeah right, and one of the biggest things is this is that I have no answer for, is like oh well he's right-handed, 
I'm like, well, like that's a very rare thing, like for a defenseman. Like that, it's like one of the things. Even when they're getting drafted, they point out. Like yep. that's how rare it is, you know. And I'm just like, I don't know. Part of me is like, just pump your brakes. Um, I, I'm not gonna go nuts with it. There's something there to it, but at, at the same time, if if the skill level is that much different, I don't care what hand you shoot with. Yeah, it's just when I'm talking about two players, which one I like better. And I like give you 10 talking points and I'm not talking about Sandheim and Myers because they're like pretty neck and neck. Um, but like, and you come back at me with like, well, he's right-handed. I feel <laughs> I kind of makes me like, man, it's like, it's like, well, what team has every pairing left and right? Because right's yeah. pretty rare. Like my God, like, I don't know. It just makes me kind of chuckle, but also get a little aggravated. <laughs> and you don't say, you don't yeah. say. Just a little. So, uh, yeah, we're over an hour and a half. Did not think we would do that. My bad. So <laughs> it was it was a good good discussion. A lot of free agency, a lot of draft stuff. So it was good. I hope they do something. Martinez makes the most sense for me. Steve, anything else before we sign off? I don't think so. Um, I would be surprised if we didn't see at least one move from uh, Chuck, but. Um, I, I like the course that he's taken so far. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I mean, it's not sexy. It's definitely rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, and they want his head already. But like you said earlier, that's Philly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that'll do it, guys. Thanks again for listening in to another episode of HW Full Circle. Got a lot of uh, – should have a lot more to talk about next episode – let alone just next week, because something's definitely got to give by then. Really curious to see what it is. Something can happen tonight for all we know. So, uh, guys, please remember to like, favorite, and subscribe. Check out all HW Radio content. We just added another writer today to our site. Uh, a lot of people reached out when we signed this guy, so I'm excited to have him read what he's got. There's a couple of good articles up there now. One's about Ghost. So if you're on the fence with Ghost, I know a lot of people just – wrote them off so if you haven't done that or if you're on the fence and you want to have a good reason as to why he's still here and what that could mean check that out as well as our other shows i just listened to the bright side today that was another great episode definitely put you in a better mood i really like their content on the draft Uh, i got the regular show me jimmy and kyle that'll be another episode we'll be recording tomorrow uh we're gonna get settlemeyer in again as well and uh that's pretty much it so with that see you next time